Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Kathy Ace, the author of the globetrotting Kate Morgan series of traditional mysteries, the fifth of which is The Corpse with the Sapphire Eyes, and it's being released in early May. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Stephen. Pleasure to be here. And uh, we talked a little bit before we came on air about the release of the book. It sounds like it's trickling out depending on which country you happen to be in. Do you know, that seems to be the case. Um, Books tend to come out with a release date and a publication date. And what I've found is that unless a publisher puts a complete embargo on the release of a book, it does tend to trickle into the market. I know some people have told me it's already popped up having pre-ordered it on their Kindles and Nooks. And it's certainly in some bookstores. So have a route around for it, folks. <laughs> well, by the time this airs, we're going to be airing on May 1st. We're recording this on April 20th. By the time this airs, it should be available everywhere. The last possible date that it would be available is the actual publication date in the U.S., which is May 5th. That seems to be about right. And do you know the wonderful thing about it coming out on May the 1st? That's Kate Morgan's birthday. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as the author, you certainly did. Well, let's talk for a bit about Kate Morgan first. This is the fifth book in the series. Tell us about Kate uh, and, and the way the series has developed to get us to this point. Well, I'll tell you and your listeners very honestly straight away. I am Welsh Canadian, as is Kate. And that means that when you hear my voice and my accent, this is pretty much what Kate would sound like on the page. Like me, she's um, a little bit overindulgent. And like me, she has been and she still is a university professor. But she took her psychological training to become a criminal psychologist, and she specializes in victim profiling. So within the series, although she stumbles across corpses wherever she goes, she's not exactly an amateur sleuth. She's got a good professional background behind her that allows her to analyze the victim, their life, their connections, and where maybe they would have crossed paths with potential suspects. I took my psychological training and applied it to my marketing communications, which some people (laughs) might say is a crime, but I found it to be a wonderful profession. (laughs) And it's funny, you mentioned that Kate comes across corpses. She comes across corpses in somewhere between the first and second page of all these books. You do not waste a lot of time dropping a body. Do you know what? I like to drop the body as quickly as possible. (laughs) I'll, I'll be honest. The first paragraph of my first Kate Morgan mystery, The Corpse with the Silver Tongue, had a dead body in it. And I feel like I made something of a bit of a rod for my own back with that beginning because my readers now really expect the titular corpse to either be on the first or second page. And who am I to disappoint them? And when you're reading on a Kindle, it's just like a paragraph by paragraph thing. So when I was reading, I'm like, I'm into the second paragraph already and there's no body. What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you'll have to wait a few paragraphs, but really not many. I I really like the shape of a book where you know the the main protagonist, you know your sleuths pretty well. And that means you can get right ahead with the mystery. 
Well, let's talk a little bit more about Kate. One of the things that I like so much about this series is that unlike a lot of traditional series that are set in a single location, typically kind of a cutesy location, your traditional series takes place all over the world. Kate is a a globetrotter, not unlike uh, you. (laughs) I wonder why that would be, eh? (laughs) Um, Do you know, it's interesting. Um, I like the fact that she travels to different places. I would love to say that I have had to go and do a lot of research in all of these places, but I've really chosen places that I've either lived in or spent a good deal of time in already, so that any research I've had to carry out has been minimal and it's been really updating my personal experience. But in terms of her moving about, I think what is interesting is that she gets to encounter different cultures, different architecture, different art, history, and, of course, in Kate's case, food and drink Mm -hmm. as she travels. Um, And that very much appeals to her. And I've got to be honest, it very much appeals to me as well. And it appeals to me. I I love books where there's food and drink involved. It it just adds a a flavor that... (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it, um, oh, let's, she I'm has a interested. she has a recurring love interest as well. So let's let's bring him up. I think he's an important character. I, I do too. I like Bud. Bud Anderson is now retired. Um, in this fifth book, we find that the arc of their relationship has travelled a good deal since the first book. They began as work colleagues and and had a, a very innocent, respectful uh, working relationship which really only was able to blossom because of, slight spoiler here, the the sad demise of Bud's wife. Now, Bud and Kate are very similar to each other in that they are not beset by lots of friends. They've both spent their lives as, let's be honest, workaholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they, when they find each other in, a, in the way of friendship, they, they're well-met and they're well-paired. Bud's a very steady type. He's now retired from a career that's taken him through the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Vancouver Police Department, where he was involved with the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, and a rather shady part of his career where he headed up um, an international drug and gang investigation team that really took in Canadian boundaries and international boundaries. In fact, when Kate finds out that he's had CSIS clearance, she wonders if there's more about Bud than she really knows. Well, now the fourth book in the series, which was not, we're on the fifth book now, but the fourth book in the series, The Corpse with the Platinum Hair, that one took place in Las Vegas, and that has been shortlisted for the Boney Blythe Award for the Best Canadian Light Mystery. Congratulations for that. Yay! Go, Kate! Go, bud! I know, I'm so thrilled. Do you know, that was such a fun book to write. Let's be honest, a book set in Vegas has to be fun to research, right? Yes, especially the food. (laughs) Oh, especially the food. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I do eat and drink everything that Kate eats and drinks in all of the books. So the research for that was 
arduous, but I really applied myself over a period of time. And um, there's something, there's a white chocolate bread pudding that, that plays a fairly pivotal role in the mystery. And um, I now have actually perfected my very own recipe for that, based upon the recipe from Monami Gabby at Paris, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever we have family gatherings, will I make my white chocolate bread pudding, please, is one of the requests that I have. Ah. It is as sweet indulgent and over fattening as it sounds uh, and it's obviously served with fresh vanilla pod ice cream and caramel sauce on the side yum 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 <laughs> well I, I can say that we as readers appreciate the sacrifice that you go through to research the food so completely thank you so much i i it, it's so good and and you know the fact that it's been shortlisted for the bony blythe just blew me away um the best Canadian Light Mystery is a fabulous award. And all I've got to do now is wait until the Boney Blythe bash at the very end of May to find out if it's won. But honestly, when people say on the Oscars and the BAFTAs and the Emmys, oh, it's an honour just to be shortlisted, I've always poo-pooed it. But now I know it's true. (laughs) Well, it is. It really is. It's true. It really is. It's, oh my goodness me, I've won already. (laughs) And, and, you know, good luck to all the other finalists. I am not gritting my teeth when I say that. Well, it's a great list. And where where does it take place? You're in British Columbia, and and as most of us will know, Canada's a pretty big country. So it's it's likely that you're probably not going to drive to Montreal or something. Where where does the award take place? It'll be taking place in Toronto, okay. or as proper Canadians would say, Toronto. I, I have to lose my T's. It's Ottawa and Toronto, and I'm trying hard to get there. It's in Toronto on May the 29th, the night after the Arthur Ellis Awards are being awarded in Toronto on May the 28th. So it's Award Central in Toronto at the end of May. Well, that's exciting, and uh, it's it's far enough away that you'll be able to get the, enough miles to maybe earn a trip around the world <laughs> just for this one trip. Well, I'm not going to answer that on the grounds that it might incriminate <laughs> me, but yes, it definitely is going to add to the air mile calculation, I'm pleased to say. All right, now all of your books begin with The Corpse With. So th- this fifth book is The Corp- Corpse With the Sapphire Eye. So let's talk for a bit about that. You return to your roots, so to speak. I do. I very much do. You know, um, I was born, raised and lived in Wales for many decades. And now I'm a Canadian. I'll, I'll always be Welsh and I'll always be becoming Canadian. And it's the same thing for Kate. So I thought that I should send her back to Wales, the land of her father's, and the land of my father's, my father, um, and see how she gets on back on her own own home turf. And it's not very well, as it turns out. <laughs> There's a shock. <laughs> There's a surprise, right? <laughs> Things always seem to not go well as soon as she lands in a, in a new country. Well, to be fair, to be fair to Kate and to be fair to me, at the beginning of this book, we are made quite aware of the fact that she's already spent more than a week in Wales prior to this visit, and not one single dead body was encountered. (laughs) That's true, and you skipped right over that. That was just like two sentences, and then we got to the dead body. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, yes, yes. The corpse of a choir master at the bottom of a castle staircase was just too good to ignore. And this is a drafty old 
old castle, especially Kate's room, is drafty. And for, for listeners who I, I sometimes visualize words, and it's not Kate's K-A-T-E, it's Kate C-A-I-T. That's correct. Which is, which is important if you're trying to visualize the name. But this is a drafty old castle, and Kate's staying in a big room. She's there for a wedding. And uh, it just, you do a wonderful job of setting the stage, and I guess you should, since you lived in that area for some time. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, it's, um, I, I, being Welsh, I have visited my fair share of castles over the years, whether they be a ruinous lump of rock in the middle of a green space, mm-hmm. or whether they be the fanciful flights of a, a 19th century industrialist who didn't quite know what to do with his money. And this castle is very much one of those types of castles, relatively modern built, by which I mean, yes, there's a prehistoric stone circle in the driveway. Where else would it be? Mm. As well as a Roman temple <laughs> beneath ground. But but this is one of those fanciful industrialist visions that you do see across Wales, and they're tremendous places. Um, Cardiff Castle, Castle Koch, were very much inspirations for my vision of Castel Lloyd, which I know not everybody will be able to pronounce, and I've just sprayed the screen on my laptop <laughs> saying it. Um, but it's it's very much at the heart of the mystery itself, yes. And you'll notice that when I used the term castle, I stopped it at castle and didn't try and pronounce the name. Possibly a good choice there, yes. <laughs> All right, so give us a quick overview of the book, beyond what we've already talked about, the setting and the dead body on, I think, page two, if I were probably looking at actual page numbers. Yep, you're right. Well, Kate and Bud have gone to Wales um, to celebrate a wedding, and they've been joined there by Kate's sister, Sean, who now lives in Perth in Western Australia. So there's a meeting of sisters at a a, a Welsh, drafty, Vincent Price-type castle, um, and odd things start to happen straight away. Not only does the choir master end up dead at the bottom of the kitchen staircase, think upstairs, downstairs, or Downton Abbey with bodies... (laughs) Also got a slightly dysfunctional family. The Cadwallader family has a long history of dysfunctionality, the latest generations being just the last examples of it. Um, and, and there are some rather worrying things happening around the castle that, that go beyond the, the dourness of a death and into the malice of spitefulness, maybe? Needless to say, Kate and Bud and Sean and the dysfunctional Cadwallader family find that a storm has taken out the bridge which connects the land upon which the castle is built to the mainland. And they're stuck there with a corpse and a mystery and a really tight deadline to try to solve the problem of what's happened. And it's interesting the way, because all great mysteries have a deadline of some type, and and you came up with a good one for this. You know what? I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. All right. But it's a good one. It's because it might, it is a pretty good one, isn't it? It yes. is. And um, people will maybe work out what happens in the book previous to this if I tell them what's happening in this book too much. That's we'll true. We'll have to let it be a mystery. All right. Well, let's, we'll, we will let it be a mystery. But I, I, as you know, Kathy, I'm a big fan of this series and I'm, I'm always thrilled when a new book comes out. I really enjoyed this one. Thank what, you. What is the best way for people to to keep up with you and these books that you just keep putting out. You're, you're putting out books at a pretty rapid clip right now. 
Well, I'm not getting any younger, Stephen. <laughs> so <laughs> since I've got a very supportive publisher and I do seem to have found a readership that really enjoy these books, I like to put my head down and get on with it. Besides, I really want to tell Kate's stories. Um, she's a lovely person. I like to spend time with her. God bless her. She's got her weaknesses. But... Uh, and, and she can be a bit annoying, but I do like spending time with her. So if people want to find out what's happening in Kate's life and what's happening in my life, probably the best place to go is my website. And that's www.kathyace.com. That's C-A-T-H-Y-A-C-E.com. I really work hard to try and keep the website up to date. Um, and there are little articles and interviews there, as well as details of the books. And people can also read reviews of all of the books so they can see what other readers think of them. It's also worth going to the website for a couple other reasons. You have a, a great list of the things that you've read and the things that you enjoy reading, which I think would be interesting to a crime fiction audience like we have here. And the other thing is I just love the covers of your books and seeing them all in one place. It just it, visually it's stunning. Do you know, I, I love the covers of the books as well. I've got to be honest, we were trying to give them an, um, a classic travel poster look because Kate's in a different location for each book. The cover of each book prepares the reader for where that mystery is going to take place. And I think the publisher's done a fabulous job with them. And, and thank you for saying that. Um, I also do read a lot and have read a lot. And those reading lists, yeah, people print them out, go to Amazon with them, take them to their libraries. That's a great way to use them. And you know, the other thing that's useful at the website, I think, is I've crafted a page just for book clubs. I know a lot of people belong to book clubs and I think having belonged to one myself, sometimes they can go off the rails a bit. <laughs> um, so I've got some helpful hints and some questions that people might want to discuss about each of the books and then some topics that are of general interest across all of the books, like who would you cast as Kate? Because mm -hmm. people always ask me that. Well, Kathy, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you very much indeed, Stephen. I look forward to it too. The Corpse with the Diamond Hand is coming out in October, so maybe that'll be a chance for us to get together again. I hope so. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Those will help other crime fiction readers find great new books like The Corpse with the Sapphire Eyes from Kathy Ace. Thanks for listening.